Hi everybody, welcome to the Fuel Your Fandom Podcast. My name is Saint. And I'm Jim. Jim, you sound like you smoke a pack of Marlboros. How you doing, buddy? You know, never been a smoker, but uh, it's just that time of year where everything is kind of opening up and there's pollen everywhere and shit's damp. Smoking! Spring. I love spring, but uh, my, my, uh, my, my, my seasonal allergies definitely don't. So I'm really hoping I can keep my, uh, my, my dulcet tones from sounding like I'm gargling fucking kitty litter throughout this whole podcast. But we'll do our best. Yeah, I've, I've recently started to develop uh, seasonal allergies, uh, pollen allergies and things like that. Which is really great considering I park under a tree and if I leave my car there for more than a day without moving it, it's covered in this fine, fine Plant jizz. Jizz, yes, plant jizz. Ew, gross. And uh, so that's done fucking wonders for my throat and my, my nasal passages. And it's just, yeah. it's, it's lovely. Ditto, I kiddo, it. I am in that same boat with you, you know. I Especially because I've done a lot of traveling the last week. I'm, I uh, drove from southeastern Wisconsin to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, then from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania to Knoxville, Tennessee, Knoxville, Tennessee to New Orleans, Louisiana, back to Knoxville, and then back to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and then in a couple of days I'm heading back to southeastern Wisconsin with a stop in Cleveland in the middle, so. I've been everywhere, man, I've been everywhere, man, across the desert, bare man, I breathe the mountain air, man, I travel, I've had my share, man, I've been everywhere. That wonderful mix of like geographical irritants and allergens is just invading my lungs, and I have to sing. I have a gig in uh, in a couple of days uh, at the end of next week, so uh, I'm really hoping I can clear all this garbage out of my uh, my pipes before it's time to to get on the mic and try and entertain people. Otherwise, I might entertain them for entirely the wrong reasons. Yeah, I remember uh, distinctly watching. Uh, there was an episode of Saturday Night Live I watched, and and that was back in the heyday of the Mighty Mighty Boston. Do you remember them? Oh God, I love the Bostones. I'm, right. I'm in a '90s cover band. The Boston, I love the fucking Bostones. Right. And so they get up on on stage at, at Saturday Night Live, and they're doing their rendition of uh, God. What's the name of that song? Uh, well, it's going to be the Royal Oil or, or impression that I get. Yeah, impression that I get. Yeah. And so they get up to do that song, and this guy's voice is just thrashed. It's just fucked. And I was trying really hard. I'm like, man, maybe they just don't perform well live. Maybe it's all studio versus live. But I'm, I'm, I'm chalking it up now that I'm a vocalist to the fact that he just probably had a bad day. And it just happened to coincide with one of the worst times ever to have a bad day. Well, Dickie Barrett recently, at the best of times sounds like that. Yeah. Well, he's, he sounds like whiskey and cigarettes all the time, so. Yeah. Um, I remember which hearing is like, a, uh, that's a, a quality a, I like in a lot of musicians. So. Yeah. I, hear, I heard a recording of him once, and I, I, it was a live recording, and I don't remember where it was, but he turned the mic over to the audience to do the chorus of one of the songs, and the audience came back, and uh, he's like, man, you guys can't even sing at all, but, I mean, who the fuck am I to make assessments? <laughs> I just recently heard... Concert footage of uh, John Bon Jovi. Oh, uh, that, God, that worried me. Because you know, as, as any, any red-blooded kid that grew up in America who was alive during the 80s, I have a special soft spot in my heart for Bon Jovi. Um, but it's he's getting to the point now where either his monitors are taking a shit on him, or he just... John Bon Jovi can't sing anymore. It's, kinda, it's making the rounds on the internet, and it's really sad, because, I mean, by all accounts, you know, they're a wholesome band. They've had, they had some songs that were a little edgy back in the day, but now they've, they've kind of got that classic rock sheen of acceptability on them, and... John Bon Jovi, he's a guy you never really hear much of anything bad about, even in the, the cancel culture culture. Um, but, I mean, the only bad thing you hear is that, oh, God, the guy can't sing. And I've heard, like you said, a couple of, of recordings of their latest tour, and he's just, he, he just can't do it anymore. And I don't know if it's a temporary thing, if he just needs to get, like, a vocal coach to get back to his old uh, old prowess. But, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, this might be the last tour for Bon Jovi, if, if for no other reason than... He doesn't want to risk going out there and getting raked over the coals in the press again for you can't sing anymore. 
Well, Axel had the same thing. Axel Rose, and he kind of turned. And Vince around. Neil. Yeah. Yeah, Vince Neil too. I mean, you know, these 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 eighties uh, kind of glam metal singers. They get older, and they just they did all the high notes when they're in their twenties, and now they're you know pushing sixty, and they just can't can't fucking nail it shut anymore. And it's really yeah. sad. I don't. I wouldn't deny them their ability to go out there and uh, sing the hits and make a living and entertain people. But it's just you. You. Oh man. At what I'm point sorry, does it Trump become bon parody? I love you, man. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think we've kind of crossed that that Rubicon right now because it's just uh, it's terrible. So you just got uh, back from uh, you just got back from uh, from New Orleans, huh? Again, we, we yeah, constantly well, talk you know, about you going there, but what did you do this time? Well, I don't want to harp on it again too much because I did that the last time that I went. But New Orleans is just a magical <laughs> town. Anybody listening, if you haven't gone, you have to go and go soon because thanks to climate change, uh, New Orleans is going to be Atlantis within twenty or thirty years, and that's not even exaggeration or hyperbole. It really, genuinely is. Oh, climate change is just a liberal hoax. <laughs> yeah, it's a Chinese hoax, whatever. But due to New Orleans' position, well, New Orleans was at one point the open, the only opening to the mouth of the Mississippi River, and it was a giant trade port because uh, back in the day before highways and railroads, New Orleans was uh, the only way for anybody from overseas to get anything into. America and two Canadian provinces because it, it covered 90% of the continent through tributaries and rivers if you could just get into the Mississippi. So that choke point of New Orleans being a uh, an import port was incredibly important and it's been there for about 400 years. But it's got at most 20 or 30 years left because so much of it's been developed on land that isn't solid um, because it's surrounded on three or four sides by water. You got the Mississippi River, you got Lake Pontchartrain, you got the Gulf of Mexico, and it's just on all sides. <laughs> And because they've re-diverted so much of the water to make more of the land livable, um, the Mississippi isn't depositing as much silt as it used to on the bayous, so things are just, they're going to shit in a hurry. New Orleans as a city is in a bowl already. It's uh, 80% of the city to 85% of the city is below sea level to begin with. It's in a big bowl. And, uh, yeah, diverting all that water. With water. Yeah. It's just, it's it's uh, it's a really sad situation. Um, but... In the meantime, I mean, it is a, uh, a beautiful, beautiful, magical, wonderful city full of incredible food, amazing music, friendly people, and unbelievable architecture. It's just a magical place. It's a magical place. And if you haven't been, you need to go and, and probably do it soon. Yeah, I hear that. It's on my list. Hopefully I, uh, I can, sometime in the next decade and a half, go check it out before I die. You know, whatever. Or it dies. I mean, you know, yeah. the way things are going, it might be doomed before we are. We never know. Depends. It'll, it'll be a race to see who dies first, me or New Orleans. Yeah. I guarantee we've lived about the same lifestyle. No, I'm just kidding. Probably not even, <laughs> not Just even full close. of booze-soaked debauchery and urine <laughs> and music and... Yeah. And but it's a great Questionable city. food and questionable people and, you know, whatever. Well, yeah, I've been all over the country and that, that, New Orleans has the best food of anywhere that I've ever been. But it's just really irony. Like the two, my two favorite cities in America, Las Vegas and New Orleans, have the same problem on opposite ends of the spectrum: water. New Orleans has too much. Las Vegas doesn't have enough. If they could just work out some kind of uh, an exchange program, some big right. pipe, a big straw that would suck it up from the, the bayou and deposit it in the Mojave, I think everybody'd be happy. Get on that, Superman. Let's go. Yeah, dude, slacking. <laughs> uh, so other than that, everything good. You're you're just about back to normal yeah. again. Just about back to normal as soon as I can kick this funk, this uh, this this moist plant jizz funk that seems to have invaded my lungs. Uh, I think I'll be all right. But uh, it's, yeah, it's heading a, back home a here in a couple of days. Uh, appealing when you say it that way. Well, I mean, it's a fact. Plant jizz. Wet plant jizz funk in my lungs. That's the name of my Wiggles tribute band. <laughs> We're not going to start that again, Jesus. Nope. <laughs> now uh, you. You went down there specifically for uh, a reason. You you are a big fan of the band Better Than Ezra. Yeah, and, if we're uh, going to get into fandom, which uh, may or may not be the subject of the podcast, yes. Maybe, yeah. And so you, you travel all around. You're kind of like the, the 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 deadheads following the Grateful Dead. You you've How many shows have you seen now? I know we talked about uh, this The one in New there. Orleans was number 89, which sounds like a lot, but it really isn't. Um, among Ezraelites, which is the, the name the fan group has given ourselves, um, that's not even a whole lot. Uh, I was actually at a show in Louisville, I want to say last fall, October, September, somewhere in there, and 
it was a small enough show. And I've seen this band in front of 25,000 people. I've seen them in front of 100 people. They just, they're, they're depending on how well the show is promoted. Um, but they're a great band. And uh, even though they're, they're kind of attached to the 90s and considered a one-hit wonder by some people, uh, they've been putting out great music for their fans for a very long time. And I just saw them in Louisville about a month after I saw them in Nashville in front of 25,000 people. And in Louisville, the show was not as well promoted. And there were maybe 120 people there. So the band was able to... Uh, whether or not this is embarrassing for them or whether or not it's great for us, was able to call out fans from the stage by name as they saw them and showing up in the front row of the audience. So Kevin Griffin, their lead singer, songwriter, he's a great musician. He's pointing people out. He's like, Jim, what's this, what's this for you? And I was like, I think it's like 86. And then he goes down the line and there's this guy, Dave, Dave Boutwood, who is um, uh, a British-born man who lives in uh, upstate New York and on the old Better Than Ezra boards in the 90s on their old website. He went by English Dave was his handle. So we all know him as English Dave. And Kevin said, Dave, how many shows is this for you now? And Dave looked back at the stage and said, oh, I stopped counting about eight years ago uh, at 250. Jeez. So Dave's been to a few shows. Um, Jesus. Yeah, yeah this band is just, they, they, they've developed this, this really personal relationship with their fan base to the point where they, you know, they sign autographs, they take pictures, they hang out with them. We're all friends with them on Facebook. After the shows, they're like, hey, where are we going to hang out? So in doing that, they've, they've ensured their longevity. And uh, they just played to a sold-out crowd in their hometown in New Orleans at the House of Blues on Decatur Street in the French Quarter. And it was a great show. Um, so that's 89 for me. And uh, now that things are uh, back to semi-normal again in a not post-COVID, but at least COVID coping world, they're back out on the road. They got a new album coming out in the fall. And um, I'm hoping to crack that Century Club in the next year or two and get to 100 shows. Well, I'll have to give them a check out if they when they uh, get up to the Pacific Northwest. I'd like to see them sometime. And they're just fantastic, and, they do, and they're one of those bands that if you if you go and see them in concert, you're going to be surprised at how many songs you know. Because I mean, everybody knows their their uh, their hit from the the uh, the modern rock charts in 1995. Good, if you you know, yeah. I, I would hum a couple bars, but my voice is toast. <laughs> It's still on my playlist um, too, so I, I still. Yeah, but they've one. done a whole bunch of songs you know. If, you, if if you're listening to like a, if you pop them up on Spotify, you're, oh, that was them too. Yeah, they've kind of flown out of the radar, except for you know the really hardcore fan base for a number of years. But yeah, they're just a great band and just a great bunch of guys. So I, I do what I can to support them and make sure they stay out on the road. Hey, send them an email. See if we can get them on the program. I'd be fun to talk to them. Kevin just did a podcast. I'm sure if I dropped him a line, he might uh, at least entertain the idea. So yeah, oh, I'll, I'll see if I can put that through. Neat. Well, that's cool. I wish I had a band that I followed that much. The only, the only time I've ever signed an autograph in a band is uh, at the end of the night when I go to pick up my debit card at the bar. <laughs> and I don't think it's worth all that much. So. Well, you never know. There's still time. Indeed. We're still young-ish. Uh, I don't feel that way. I feel like I got hit by a truck. It's been a it's been an eventful week for me, and it's yeah. only what Thursday now, so. Well, I, I just recapped my last week. What's up with uh, what's up in Saints World? <laughs> well, as you know, I, I tend to follow OfferUp and Marketplace to track down uh, uh, all the Nintendo goodness, the handhelds and such. And here we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've, I've had a really good run of of success in picking up handhelds uh, through Marketplace and through OfferUp and. Uh, there was one incident where I picked up one that was kind of trash and not useful, but it ended up being useful for parts, and I was able to save another one. And, I mean, so varied degrees of success, but no real failures. And and so that changed this week. Uh, I We went out on Sunday uh, for Mother's Day. Uh, we went to see uh, Multiverse of Madness. And uh, awesome movie, by the way. We were going to have a spoiler-filled review here in the next couple of weeks, but we want to give that moratorium a chance to die down. For sure. But uh, we loved it, enjoyed it. It was it was crazy, maddening. Good madness. stuff. But uh, so the plan was at that point, uh, I'd been communicating with this guy on uh, Marketplace about picking up a Nintendo Switch. Uh, the original price on the Nintendo Switch was 115 or something like that, which is a really good price for a used Switch. Yeah. And a lot of times these Switches are going down in price because of uh, the OLED coming out and people are trading mm -hmm. up and trading out. And, and so it's not uncommon to see every now and again a unit pop up. And 
Uh, well, it's the same thing with the 3DS. The 3DS is yeah. hover right around $150-$200 most times, but uh, some of the best successes I've had have been the $50-$60 to $60 ones that just randomly surface on Marketplace from like, I'm, I'm, I want to call them casuals, people mm-hmm. who don't either don't know or don't really care about the market current market value they just want to be rid of it i mean this is a uh, 10 15 year old console what can i get for it 50 60 bucks sure yeah put yeah, it out there yeah i'll take what i can get yeah but so i i wasn't that unusual to see a, a guy uh selling a switch that low and he seemed personable and you know i told him uh we could come up sunday after the movie i said we got tickets to dr strange he's like oh cool let me know how it turns out team marvel hashtag team marvel mm-hmm. and all that and so I'm like, all right, this guy gets it. Fuck it, whatever. And, and it's like, so the drive is, uh, we got to go about an hour and ten minutes up north uh, to Bellevue, which is a town I I lived in when I first moved here. And uh, so we go to the address, and the guy has been telling me this yarn about uh, his grandmother with dementia that he takes care of. and. Which hit on the, the sappy sucker side of me because I you know I used to do in home caregiving and everything like that and so yeah. I, I kind of tend to understand that just a little bit better and a little bit more. Wise man once said, "There is a sucker born every minute." Barnum, sir, PT. And uh, so he was pushing all those buttons, the sympathy buttons. He's like, "I can't really come out because uh, my my grandmother. I don't want her to get sick and this that and the other thing and." And uh, so he's like, just uh, here's the address. Uh, once you send the money, I'll I'll bring it out to the porch, and and we don't have to actually physically interact. And you know, it's setting off the red alarm bells, the red flag bells in my head. But I I'm like, okay, yeah, COVID or not, this guy's been cool so far. Why not? And the second, the second I sent the money, and it ended up being ninety bucks, because uh, we had talked it down a little bit, and. The second the transaction posted, he blocked me on Facebook. Oh! And so I'm like, "Hey, I'm I'm you here. Bastard. Where you at?" And it just kicked it back as unreturned or as undelivered, and you do not have permission to contact this person. And you and son I'm, of a bitch! You son of a bitch! I'm like, oh my god, I, I, I just rookie mistake this shit. I, I literally ignored all of the red flags and just barreled right ahead. And so, super pissed off. And it's, uh, it was a, I don't know, it was a Saturday. It wasn't quite Sunday yet. It was Saturday we did this. So, uh, my bank was closed at that point, And so, they weren't open on Sunday either. And so, it just became this fucking waiting game. Monday morning came around and I had to call the bank and I'm like, I talked to them about it. I sent a message about it. I filled out some fraud prevention form about it. And then actually the bank, by the next day, it jumped into action and sent me the money back twice. They screwed up and sent it twice. Once from Visa, once from the bank. And so I called the bank back and I'm like, look, y'all sent me too much money. Take some of this back right now. I don't want I don't want what's not mine. And so we got that all ironed out. And actually, I, I thought it would make me a bit gun-shy for uh, using Marketplace, which sucks because Marketplace is, is where I get a lot of my deals. But, uh, like, literally two days ago, it's about 10 o'clock at night, I see an ad for uh, this 3DS, the new 3DS uh, Galaxy Edition, which is one of the consoles that's on my uh, my bucket list, my wish list to grab. And it's just it's a it's a special edition 3ds. It's it's beautiful, and uh, they usually retail for around in in mediocre shape around 250. Uh, because all the special editions are right around that 250 300 dollar mark. Yeah. Well, this chick had it up for 170, so I had questions, and she answered my questions at like 12:30 at night, 12:30 12:45 at night. Which immediately started setting off the red alarm bells again. It's like, uh-oh, is this yeah. out of state? Is this uh, out of the area? And, but she, she's very sweet about the deal. I kind of said, okay, well, there's not going to be any money exchanged until after I examine the unit. And she she's like, oh, no, I get that. 
And I explained to her what happened, and she was actually very, very sympathetic to it. And again, we're back on the other streak. It just, she's a casual. She's wanting to get rid of it. She knows it's yeah. worth something, but she doesn't know. I don't think she knew it was worth quite as much as, like, I got it. For, I think I picked it up for about 170 and it's retail, like I said, around 250 so. And this thing is well, that kind of makes up for the switch tobacco. But you know, it's the thing about like selling stuff online. I'm, I'm pretty old school, and I remember the days uh, when Craigslist was really the only place you could do that. Yep. And you would think that Facebook Marketplace would be a little bit more trustworthy because you have to be an actual human being to have a Facebook account. Any bot or scammer can just come up with an email address and post shit on Craigslist. And I remember back in the day, which was a Thursday, I actually had pretty decent luck buying stuff on Craigslist. Um, but selling stuff on Craigslist, I, don't, I probably listed a dozen or more items on Craigslist at different points when I was moving or when I had something I needed to get rid of or whatever. And I never actually managed to successfully sell anything on Craigslist because people would flake. Oh, yeah, I, was, you know, I, I mean, I wasn't stupid. I, you know, I, I wanted to meet people in parking lots and well-lit areas and outside police stations. Oh, yeah, I'll be there. I'll see you in an hour. And then I'd go out there and they wouldn't show up and then they would stop answering emails or, oh, was that today? Or, you know... Whatever. So I, it doesn't surprise me that uh, people would be... people. The look of surprise on other people's faces when I would say I wanted to buy something on Craigslist and I'd actually show up with money and then give them the money and take what they were selling and then drive away. People seemed really shocked by that. And, and being on the other side of that equation and never successfully ever once selling anything on Craigslist, uh, I, I understand why. But Marketplace should be different. Marketplace, you have to actually be a human being. you got to have a Facebook account to Fair be able to not. sell anything. So... Yeah, apparently it's it's a bummer that uh, that that happened, but I'm glad it got straightened out. And um, you know, being able to to pick up the Galaxy unit the day after just to kind of reinforce that you know there's there's assholes out there, but once in a while you can uh, you can really find decent deals and and really just you know if you'll pardon the uh, the, the title drop, really fuel your fandom with that stuff. Ah, ah, he said it. He said it. Hey, oh, and there we go. No, actually, she turned out to be a really sweet uh, sweet lady. She's like from Norway and studying to get her uh, MBA right now up here. She didn't plan to do it and she just kind of got stuck here after COVID and so she figured she might as well keep going to school and so that's what she's doing. Sure. She's a real sweet girl. Real sweet girl and I wish nothing for the best for her. But uh, yeah, so check that one off my list. So uh, still got to get a switch for my wife but we'll figure one out. Anyways... Not necessarily what we wanted to talk about today. You know, we just like to catch up and wrap up with everybody and let you know how sure. we're doing. And uh, so, like I said, we're going to have kind of an in-depth review of Multiverse of Madness coming up. Just because it opened so many uh, doors, uh, if you pardon that expression, but uh, for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it's kind of the, uh, the benchmark for what's going to happen next. So, uh, we definitely need to address it. Things just got out of hand. Also, uh, I wouldn't mind doing a wrap-up on Moon Knight once you finally get a chance to sit down and watch it all. Yeah, all those have dropped, so that'll be something I'll do in the next uh, week or two, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to get your take on that. Uh, they did some really uh, interesting things with that show. So, Either way, uh, now one of the things that we like to talk about, uh, we talk a lot about uh, mental health, uh, positivity, and, and, and unfortunately, you know, the negative side effects of mental health. And uh, as people who suffer from uh, the negative side effects of mental health, we feel it's just kind of our, our responsibility to address it head on and not ignore it. Because we know out there that a lot of people uh, may suffer the same kind of things and may not have the words to address it or may not feel open enough to address it. So we like to kind of talk about it as it rises and, and, mm -hmm. and address it. Uh, so we've, we've addressed uh, a lot of like pop culture uh, media going into uh, mental health. But what I really wanted to talk about today was just kind of an overview of what I'm calling, the, uh, but it's not just what I'm calling, it's what everybody calls it, this cult of personality. Uh, surrounding certain celebrities that makes them such huge public figures to us, makes them such huge 
parts of our everyday lives, whether it's the Kardashians or whether it's the uh, uh, the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard is one thing specifically that I wanted to address mm-hmm. today. Uh, the thing that brings them into our living rooms that makes us uh, uh, have access to every private detail, every intimate fact about their lives, and what that's doing to us as a society. And because Now, I'm not one of those baby boomers that's going to talk about how, you know, uh, we have all of this to blame on ourselves because we invite these people into our lives. This has been going on. For a lot of years before this. I mean, it's just social media has made it way easier. And uh, reality television shows have made it much more uh, public eye. But it's it's gone on a long time. I mean, you go back to... Yeah, I mean, the same baby boomers that would ding us for... Oh, yeah, swarming the Beatles' uh, limousine as they pulled away from the Ed Sullivan show. Where you couldn't even hear the music over all the screaming. I mean, you're right, it's not a new phenomenon. And if any... Uh, older generations are going to ding us because of social media or or uh, movies and streaming or whatever it is they want to bitch about this week. They're they're really just kind of excusing their own behavior from from 50, yeah. 60 years ago. Yeah, you because know, you see these these people on uh, on uh, Twitter and and Instagram. Uh, clowning on Britney Spears because she's finally free from her conservatorship and she's going out and posting naked photos of herself and just being free to be who she wants to be. Uh, most of us have the right attitude going, hey, do you, Brit? Do, do what you got to do. You you earned it. You deserve it. Yeah. Um, but you got that vocal minority who's going out there saying, oh, she should be ashamed of herself. She shouldn't be going out there flashing naked pictures. These same people... Uh, fucking worshipped at the altar of Marilyn Monroe. So, I mean... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was there ever really any difference? <sighs> no, there really isn't. And uh, that also brings up... I know something else we wanted to talk about today, where I, I kept seeing this meme popping around Facebook right around the time when Britney was getting her conservatorship lifted. And right around then, Amanda Bynes had uh, a little bit of social traction to be able to do the same thing. And right. now she's back out there again on her own. And... And so I kept on seeing, and I, I excuse uh, my, my ignorance for not giving credit where it's due for the original writer of the tweet, but it's as, as social media works, it was a screenshot of a tweet that became a meme on Facebook. But uh, somebody said, uh, so now that Amanda Bynes and Britney Spears are out from underneath their conservatorship, are we going to be looking at Kanye West for that, or is that only a thing that happens to women? I mean... It's a valid point. That's a very valid point, not for nothing, but... And, and and kind of the thing that I that I wanted to discuss dovetails into that nicely because we've talked about uh, Kanye West's mental health problems, uh, whether he acknowledges them or not, whether he seeks help for them or not, they are kind of out in the public eye for everyone to look at, and uh, so we've sat here and watched his messy divorce uh, unfold yeah. in front of our eyes, quite literally, and so uh, as kind of. Anything that makes me kind of feel bad for Kim Kardashian makes me want to choke myself. But because I mean, but at the end of the day, I really don't give a shit about Kim Kardashian. I really don't give a shit about Kanye West. Uh, I, I, but I feel for them as people. They're still human beings at the end of the day, you know. And if you're going to talk about Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, you got to throw Pete Davidson into the mix too. And I have been on Team Pete for a long time. I love that guy. For not just for being talented and being funny, and I, I, I'm a huge SNL fan. I, I, I came of age with SNL. SNL and I both debuted in the same year, 1975, so we're neck and neck in terms of how long we've been in the world. So I feel a special kinship with SNL, and I've watched every season since I've been old enough to actually appreciate it. Right. And then I go back and watch the older ones sometimes, not if they're all on streaming. But the thing about Pete Davidson is, and why I kind of put him into a higher echelon of humanity than somebody like Kanye West. I mean, they're obviously both very talented people. They both have made an impact on the culture with music and with comedy and with everything else. But Kanye West seems to feel as though he's beyond reproach and his his attitudes and his actions are not... They're completely unimpeachable. He does what he wants, he says what he wants, and he, he'll look right at you and say, if you have a problem with that, you can go fuck yourself. Whereas Pete Davidson has been very upfront about his mental health issues... He's of a different generation. He's a Zoomer. He's in his 20s. Um, he lost a, his dad in 9-11, so there's, he's got this sort of generational trauma going on from having you know, lost a parent at a very, very young age. Right. And so he's been very upfront about 
his mental health issues. Of you know, he, he's talked about them openly on SNL. He's he, he's got a recurring segment on Weekend Update where he comes out and he talks about being medicated. He talks about being diagnosed with several different mental health issues, and he just looks right at the camera and smiles and says, "Yeah, I mean, I'm, I deal with this shit every day, and I'm just trying to make the most of it. And I, I you know, I'm trying to have a career and a life and." And be out there under in the public eye in a fishbowl, constantly with paparazzi, paparazzi lenses pointed at my face, and and I'm trying to make the most of it. But I appreciate all your support. I appreciate everybody being cool about it. I'm just trying to live my life and entertain you, and that's what's up. Yeah. Meanwhile, you got Kanye West over there exhibiting very problematic public stalker behavior, making music videos where he decapitates an animated version of Pete Davidson, and where he's doing things like buying a house directly across the street from where his ex lives, and all this other shit, and it's just really sad. It's really sad and horrible to see somebody melting down and imploding so publicly. Um, it's, it's just a weird, weird place to be as a person who pays attention to pop culture. Right, and then we also have that same kind of thing unfolding now with the uh, the defamation trial of Amber Heard uh, yeah. with Johnny Depp uh, bringing uh, defamation charges, I guess, to the tune of $50 million. Against, uh, or it's like $53 million or something like that. Not a small amount of money. I think he added uh, up the amount of money that he would have been made off of projects that he was offered that were then retracted when she came out in the press and said that he was abusive and horrible and everything else. Kind of like what's happening to Will Smith right now after he slapped the shit out of Chris Rock at the Oscars. Yeah. Um, there are projects that he had in the hopper that suddenly went to, well, we're going to back burner this for a minute. And then he wound up losing out on those projects and losing out on those contracts. And so that is apparently the, the amount of money that he's suing her for because uh, her going out there and, and casting aspersions on his character uh, made him unemployable for a period of time. Yeah, and he's only just now starting to get his feet back under after all this. And, yeah. Uh, there's, there's alternating petitions going around, and, and this is kind of just incidental to the conversation, but there's alternate petitions going around saying... Uh, one of them is to try and get Johnny Depp into the new Pirates of the Caribbean movie that they're filming, even though he was cut out. And uh, he, he's already come out and stated that he doesn't want to do it. No amount of money would make him do it. But I don't know. There's, you know, fan petitions. That's a whole separate topic. Yeah, but, sometimes fan casting or fan demands work out, um, without saying too much. But other times... You know, they, they, uh, it's just so much pissing in the wind because fans want a certain thing. And right. we've sort of seen how that's played out in the, uh, in the popular culture. I mean, fans demanding something is why we have Deadpool movies with Ryan Reynolds in them. Right. It's or why Sonic the Hedgehog were... that's worth watching. Right, because they, they kicked up a shitstorm over the character design, and they went back and fixed it, and it became better. And then it was one of those video game movies that, much like we have discussed in the past, turned out not to be entirely dog shit. So sometimes fans asserting an opinion into the creator sphere is a good thing and winds up with a better result. Other times it's just so much entitlement. And we've talked about toxic fandom, too. It's a fine yeah. line, but it is one of those things you kind of know when you see it. It's that Supreme Court definition of pornography all over again. Well, and then we also have the alternate side of that is the petition to remove Amber Heard from Aquaman mm -hmm. 2. Uh, which, at last check, had just crossed the three million signature line. So I guess the fans are trying to get them to remove, either remove her entirely from the movie, which is kind of difficult. She's a main character. Um, yep. She plays Mira, Aquaman's love interest. I have but, heard that uh, they've done extensive reshoots to kind of reduce her role, if nothing else. But, uh, you know, even, even if the fans pissing in the wind and bitching about something they don't like is, is ultimately kind of toxic and sort of bizarre, um, you know, the DC folks at Warner Brothers can't necessarily look at three million signatures and think those people will not see this movie if we don't do something to appease them to some degree. Right. And, and we've talked about how we don't eat at uh, Chick-fil-A. We've talked about how we don't shop at Hobby Lobby, specifically because of our, our personal politics. And yes, that's... You uh, vote with your dollars. Right, that's a hard road to hoe sometimes just because every corporation's evil in one degree or another. I mean, I still shop at Amazon even though I know damn well I shouldn't. Um, yeah, same. But, but I, I don't eat Chick-fil-A, like you said. and that there's, It's a meaningful boycott for me because the last time I ate at Chick-fil-A was probably 20 or 25 years ago before everything that I could eat there turned to ash in my mouth and tasted like they hate gay people. But... Uh, you know, I remember their food being really good. Chick-fil-A legitimately, if I remember correctly, did have about the best fast food chicken sandwich in the business. So it becomes a meaningful boycott. 
Uh, same with Jimmy John's. I don't need a Jimmy John's either because of uh, their founder being a colossal uh, endangered game poaching asshole and also having very draconian anti-competition clauses in the employment contract. Uh, and Jimmy John's makes a good sandwich too. So these become meaningful boycotts, for lack of a better term, yeah. because if not for the fact that these companies are, are have problematic policies, I would definitely consume their products. But I don't. Right, and and I have a, a friend in particular. We haven't talked in like, I want to say it's something like three or four years now. And uh, he had gone on a boycott of Disney Corporation. Once Disney uh, fired James Gunn for his problematic tweets back in the day, which we've talked about extensively, uh, mm-hmm. he decided to boycott all things Disney as a result, and this was right around the time when Captain Marvel came out, and uh, me and him got into a discussion uh, about the fact that there's no, there's, oh, how are you going to boycott everything Disney? You're a Star Wars fan, you're a comic book fan, you boycott Disney, you're boy, you're cutting off your nose to spite your face, you know? you're gonna As the move. Disney empire grows, it becomes harder and harder to cut off right. all the tentacles of that particular Hydra, no pun intended. Hell, Hydra. <laughs> right. And, and and that was my stance is that uh, uh, it, uh, just a complete carpet bombing of your entire fandom is, is next to impossible. And uh, that's kind of the, the spark that ignited the fact that we don't talk anymore. Is he got real incensed <laughs> saying that uh, that uh, I wasn't supporting him and his decisions and I was belittling him and I wasn't. I was only trying to open the conversation. Uh, this was uh, pretty much pre-podcast, so I was really trying to get his feeling on it all um, yeah. before I had an outlet with, with which to do that. And <laughs> so uh, it, it ended up uh, not working out, and that, and that makes me sad because he's a, he was a good friend for a lot of years. But uh, something like that, so, uh, the, the, the boycott like of that kind of grandiose scale, uh, it, it seems right now to be untenable to me. But, I mean... He's stuck by it from all accounts. He's still sticking by it, which, shit, he's got the intestinal fortitude to, to miss out on things like The Mandalorian, all the advances in the MCU, uh, all the new Star Wars movies, all the new Star Wars TV and Sticking to your guns even and, after they hired James Gunn back and they just wrapped filming on Guardians 3. Yeah. And so, I mean, I kind of, uh, and I know he's probably never going to hear this, but Jamie, I kind of I, I give you a little bit of credit for that, man. You stuck to your guns, and you stuck to your James guns. I don't know. Hey yo. Hey yo. Hey yo. Shut the f up, Steve. But uh, so uh, fan fan outlash is one thing, but the thing is, is is we've got these people in our faces twenty four seven. We are subject to every nasty hit in this Kim Kardashian Kanye West divorce. We're subject to all of the grimy details coming out of this defamation trial for Amber Heard. And and they're bad. Have you listened yeah. to some of these? They, they're bad. I haven't really paid attention to the uh, the live stream, but of course the uh, the, the social the media sphere hits. being what it is. Yeah, folks will definitely pull the, the, for lack of a better term, juicy bits, the worst parts, and kind of is distill it? them into supercuts. And put those out. Oh, you're not going to believe what the, this shit that came out today, and you know, the stuff that Johnny Depp said. And it's just, you know, the mudslinging when when both sides are are, are just primate like, just chucking giant fists full of shit at each other. Nobody Sometimes comes out literally. And it's, yeah, <laughs> you know, I actually didn't even think about that. But yeah, people calling her Amber Turd because she. Uh, it's all but been confirmed that in order to protest something that she didn't like that he did. She straight up took a shit right in the bed. She shit the bed. Like, you know, shit the bed is the uh, the, the, the terminology, euphemism. The sort of shorthand that you used to say, yeah, you really fucked up this time. Boy, you shit the bed. She shit the bed. And she did it intentionally, <laughs> you know I mean? I did not poop the bed. It, it's just ugly and it's sad. And when you've got somebody like, I mean, you know, Amber Heard notwithstanding, she was uh, kind of a B-lister. Uh, for a while, she showed up on a lot of things, and you know she's done some bigger projects. But Johnny Depp is a household name, for better or for worse. And uh, to see him lose out on things, whether or not he wanted to be on the next Pirates film, but he he got cut from the uh, 
the Grindelwald, the the, the fa- Fantastic Beasts movies, and and you know the the extended uh, Wizard Potterverse kind of stuff, which again right. is problematic in its own right. But I mean, it's but just, it's a you know, fat paycheck. It is a fat paycheck, and that was one of the films that is in contention that he lost out on. I think it was replaced by Mads Mikkelsen. They wrote around him or something, or maybe I didn't see them. Maybe he played the same character. I don't he know. D- Mads Mikkelsen probably, is playing but... the re- the same character. Yeah. And I guess. Well, there you go. Then I don't think they even approached uh, explaining it. I think they just kind of switched it. They just did the old, the old, the old Darren bewitched thing. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that's one of the things he he lost out on, and uh, that's legitimate and valid. And yeah, problematic or not problematic, because J.K. Rowling is just a giant fucking turf. Um, which you know, being somebody who's such a champion for LGBTQ stuff, when she, and you know, when Dumbledore turned out to uh, to be a part of that community, it's just a sad thing to see. But that is a subject we've touched on before. I don't want to drag us too far off the subject right. today, but well, yeah, it's just when we get when we get caught up in these celebrity lives, celebrities to a certain extent, for better or for worse, when you seek out the fame and fortune of being a celebrity, for better or for worse, to a degree, you do surrender your anonymity, and that's just the price you pay for having a giant house in the Hollywood Hills and being a public figure and getting to make millions of dollars and be in movies or music or entertainment on some level, you right. can't go to the fucking grocery store unless it's the, the depths of COVID and you're wearing a hat, a mask, and sunglasses. And even then, somebody might still stop you for an autograph or a, a selfie. You do surrender a certain amount of your, of your personhood. I, I don't happen to agree that that's a good thing, but anybody who actively seeks out the spotlight at this point and doesn't understand that to a degree you're going to have to sort of live your life in a fishbowl and behind glass, um, they're not they're not being honest with themselves. It, it is a part and parcel of the of the overall cult of celebrity. So you know you, you really kind of have to cross your t's and dot your i's and mind your p's and q's and all that alphabet shit. Because <laughs> if you are a famous person, you're going to be under the microscope whether you want to be or not. Right, and, and another prime example of that is the Ezra Miller uh, continuing yes. uh, debacle. Uh, I believe Ezra is a they them. I want to make sure I'm respectful. Yep, Ezra is non-binary now. Yep. And so they have gone kind of on a tear lately. Uh, For sure. uh, terrorizing people at a karaoke bar, breaking into somebody's house. I mean, just kind of losing the plot a little bit and I want to say that they came out recently and said they were doing it for some kind of like social experiment like body cam footage and, and shit like that and I haven't looked too deeply into that but but uh, we have this real issue right now where back in the day actors and actresses and musicians and whatnot could get away with some of the most horrific shit mm-hmm. and we would barely feel it they, their careers would barely be impacted because it would become stuff of rock and roll legend, like uh, bands throwing TVs and sofas out of the window at the Edgewood in Seattle, and and, and or shit even like going that. as far back as like Fatty Arbuckle and all these sexual assault allegations from the golden age of film used yeah. to be before we had a twenty-four hour news cycle and a social media sphere that could find and disseminate things in seconds. If you had a celebrity scandal, I mean, Rock Hudson, we didn't find out that he was gay until he was dying of AIDS, um, yeah. which. Again, not that that would be that big of a scandal now, but at the time, as a romantic male uh, leading man in Hollywood in the 50s, it would have killed his career. But they were able to keep that under wraps for a very, very long time and perpetuate that shame uh, because there wasn't a social media. There wasn't you know digital dissemination of news that could there travel were, the world in seconds. There were cameras in everybody's pocket. You guys, seriously. Right. Everyone has a cell phone by now. Everyone. Everyone. Fuck, we're, we're getting if you're out in public, my, you have a cell phone. My daughter's turning 11 in two weeks. We're giving her a cell phone. Specifically because we want to be able to keep tabs on her and everything. But Right. Uh, you got to low-jack your kids these days. You kind of do. Uh, but everybody's got a camera. TMZ doesn't have to break down your door. All you need to do is do some dumb shit and have a catch on TikTok. And you're fucked. Even before everybody had a camera in their pocket, we had people sticking a camcorder out the window and taping the Rodney King beating, Mm -hmm. which wound up uh, having a massive impact on the culture and kind of exposing uh, police brutality in a way that we're still feeling the ripple effects of. But yeah, I mean, you you used to be able to get away with that shit, or if not get away with it, at least you could you could effectively uh, throw off the rumor mill. Yeah, Yeah, you could issue deniability and, and and denials in the press and. And people would kind of have to take you at your word. But now, 
if there's photo evidence or if there's video evidence or if somebody gets caught doing something. I mean, you know, years ago you could mention Richard Gere and people giggle behind their hands and talk about gerbils, but even though that wasn't true, it's a persistent rumor. But now, if people do get caught doing things, like Christian Bale will always be followed by the, oh, good for you, the whole recording that uh, the person on set got on their phone when he was berating the lighting guy on the set of whatever movie, I don't remember, wasn't a Batman film, but it was one of those around I want to say it was Terminator Salvation. I was looking at the light. Oh, good for you. And how was it? I hope it was fucking good because it's useless now, isn't it? Fuck's sake, man, you're amateur. Yeah, you're right, it was. But you can't get away with that shit anymore. Um, but people still try. Anybody who's a celebrity, you got to watch your step. Because people, for better or for worse, if, if you are a celebrity and you put yourself out there as a public figure, you're going to have a fan base. People are going to be invested in you as a person, as a public figure, as an entertainer. And they're going to pay attention to everything you do. And you just have to be careful. And that sucks because to a certain degree we have created this environment where people can't fuck up or if they do fuck up, they have to go on an apology tour because of it. Right. But again, people can't be humans. They can't. Right. I mean, cause we, uh, I admittedly I'm fucked up. I'm broken in the head. I could never run for public office because I've got shit Same. in my background. I don't ever want brought out. I don't ever want to be put under the microscope like that. I don't think so I can handle the scrutiny. Out. So I don't, yeah, I don't go out of my way to, I'm not trying to become famous. I'm, I've actively had this conversation with my wife about uh, what happens if we were to win the lottery. You know, everyone talks about that. Sure. And uh, uh, I, I just, I would have to disappear. I would have to cut ties with everybody. Yeah. Because, you know, people would come crawling out of the woodwork. Hey, remember that time in fifth grade when I loaned you 25 cents to get an ice cream at the cafeteria? I mean, shit like that would Well, just... the way I figure, with compound interest now, you owe me about $85,000. Right. So let's cough that up, sucker. You, you can afford it. Let's go. And, yeah. and, you know, all of my, I mean, I've not always been the most uh, upstanding character in society, you know, so all of my shenanigans would come back to haunt me, I'm sure. Uh, all my skeletons would be laid bare, too. And I'm not, again, not perfect. I mean, I haven't, I've, I've tried to be a good person, but we, we talked about this earlier. We were actually talking about this off mic as we were kind of getting set up here today. Um, there, there are certain things that we've had to kind of like cut out of our vocabularies because we yeah. learned certain words or certain terminologies before we knew they were based in hatred and hurt. And so they became part of our personal lexicon. Um, and we've had to kind of cut those things out because it's been made clear to us as we get older and as we kind of become more conscientious citizens of the universe that these things have, have an Wait, etymology and a basis in, in being slurs and pain. Yeah. So, you know, we have to cut that stuff out. And uh, it's just difficult. After something has been like a go-to verbal tick for a long time... You just you gotta be a little more mindful of, of right. who's gonna be listening but that's, to you. That's kind of the the thing we talk about when we talk about putting in the work, though. That's the yeah. part of it that is actual work. It's like if you make strides to change the things that you say you are going to change, then that's where the work is, and that's how people can judge whether or not you're serious about your your your, your growth yeah. as a human being. But and at the risk of beating this dead horse again, that's why Gina Carano still isn't in the, uh, the the Star Wars universe. But James Gunn got welcomed back because he said, you know what? I fucked up. I'm not that person anymore. I retract all the things that I said. I'm ashamed of them. I'm sorry that that was the person I was at the time. But I've grown. And uh, I'm a better person now. And I'd never do that now. As opposed to, uh, you know, her just doubling down on her anti-Semitism. Right. It just makes a difference. It makes a difference whether or not you're able to look back on who you used to be and recognize, hey, I'm not that person anymore, I've grown, I've learned, and now I don't do the things that I used to do because it's been made very clear to me that those things are problematic and hurtful. I didn't know, now I know, and going forward with that consciousness, I'm just not going to do that anymore. And i got to tell you, I'm seriously waiting for the day that Kanye West breaks. I would love to see Kanye West come to terms, maybe get medicated, maybe uh, see, get some you know, psychiatric help. And, and and come out and say, look, uh, I realize what I've done. Uh, I can't change what I've done, but this is me putting in the work, and yeah, I'm trying to be talented. a better. He's, yeah, he's a vital artist. He's got a lot to contribute to the culture, and and for him to uh, to have to die the villain, never having taken a step back and examined his terrible behavior, I would hate to see that happen too. I want to see him to to, to recognize that what he's done is is not acceptable. 
Right, and and then so that's kind of what we're talking about today is like this cult of personality built up around these people, kind of puts them in this bubble where they feel like bigger than, uh, uh, normal people, and their their problems are more important, and their viewpoints are more valid, and uh, Kanye sure feels that way. Just ask him; he'll tell you he's a genius and that he's a, he's a, uh, one of the more important people to have ever lived. I mean, and that's a part bigger of the problem Jesus. in a bigger way. Bigger than Jesus. Yeah. Oh yeah. When John Lennon said it, it was very much tongue-in-cheek, and you could tell that he was almost rolling his eyes when he came out of his mouth. When Kanye says it, he legitimately believes that shit. And that megalomania, and that, that egotism, and that, that just incredible hubris, you know, that's, that's a big part of why he thinks what he does is beyond reproach, and why he can do no wrong, and whatever he does, whatever shit comes out of his mouth, or whatever stalker, hatred, bullshit he, he does, is totally justified, because he's just different, special, and better than somebody else. Right. But we also have things like, um, and and this kind of uh, branches off a little bit. But we've we've had to deal with the memification of yeah public uh, life uh, because, like we talked about, Amber Heard and uh, Johnny Depp has become this the meme factory, and kind of the Will point Smith too. Yeah, Will Smith absolutely, and kind of the point that got me to thinking about doing this episode was when I I uh, flipped on YouTube. I, I get a lot of media through YouTube. Um, as a, as a former cord cutter, I'm going to say, because with all the streaming services I subscribe to, I'm not anymore. I have to just face the fact that I'm a cable guy again. Yep, it's just scattered across different platforms now. And, and multiple dings on my debit card. But uh, the memification of this stuff, and, and I realized it was an, an issue when uh, I was... I follow this guy, and a lot of people follow this guy on YouTube. His name is uh, Aussie Man. Aussie man, hmm. Aussie man. Okay, he's not and on Auss- the radar, but educate me. Aussie man is—he's uh, Australian, and he does funny clip videos where he narrates funny clip videos, and he's got a whole thing called Destination Fucked, where it's all just a bunch of of idiots doing idiot shit and ending up, as he calls it, shit mixed. It's poetic that a courier is involved in giving someone a trip to Destination Fucked. That's a uh, jackass. Kind of. But it's uh, it's like the America's funniest home videos with a with a more uh, R-rated narrator, if you will. Okay. And he does the celebrity interviews and everything like that, so he's gotten pretty popular up there. But he has started uh, doing a series on the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial, and like where he narrates the greatest hits of the trial, and he's gotten like four or five videos deep into this at this point. Oh boy! And I kind of flipped through the first one, just kind of like, "What the hell? Why does Aussie man have an opinion here?" And that's kind of where it led to this conversation. It's like, why do we get to have opinions about these other people's lives? At what point does this uh, cult of personality uh, give us the right to interfere? And and I think right. it's not necessarily the right to interfere, but it's this this overabundance of knowledge that we have that just. I don't know. It's gone beyond tabloid bullshit, and it's getting it's getting yeah. worse. I feel like. Look at what's going on with uh, Twitter these days. Now we like we talked about. We have friends who work for Twitter, yep. and uh, uh, Twitter has just been uh, very vocally and famously bought out in a forty three billion dollar buyout by Elon Musk. And for all intents and purposes, Elon Musk is doing it for the publicity. He has to. Be. Oh yeah. That's really the only... Yeah. Yeah. He could be curing homelessness or giving every man, woman, and child in the country health care or housing homeless veterans. Or just treating instead, his employees better. Yeah, he's just pulling his dick out and saying, well, Twitter censored me, so I'm going to buy Twitter. That's where his priorities lie. And whether or not Elon Musk qualifies as a celebrity, he did host SNL, he has done a little bit of acting here and there, but he is a very public figure due to the fact that he's, uh, by all reports, the richest man in the world that we know about. Um, he still is just, in the last couple of days I read the story about how if and when this Twitter deal goes through, he's going to lift the ban on Donald Trump because he is a free speech absolutist, except if you criticize him, of course, we've talked about that before as well, but right. Yeah. For better or for worse, he's another one, but he's got this fan base as well, even though he's not an entertainer per se, 
He's got this fan base of all these uh, douchebaggy crypto bros who follow his every move because they feel like if they emulate his example, they're also in line to be billionaires or whatever their fucking justification is for that. I don't know. I don't want to analyze the, the brain of an Elon Musk fanboy too hard lest I gaze too long into the abyss and turn into a monster myself. But nonetheless, <laughs> I mean, all these people have this mad fandom of Elon Musk, this worship, this hero worship, because he happens to be filthy fucking ridiculously rich um so they're following his every move and it just we talked about this again a couple of weeks ago when i went off on the tear about how we should just feed one billionaire into a wood chipper or eat them live on pay-per-view and the rest will fall into (laughs) balance about how they always like to say billionaires oh they're just billionaires on paper it's an estimated value of their holdings they don't really actually have access to liquid capital like that and then elon musk turns and goes ha ha fuck you i'm gonna buy twitter for 44 billion dollars in cash cash and again we've beat that dead horse to the point of bones being on the ground so i don't want to drag that through the mud again but you know again a big part of the reason why elon musk is allowed to be this giant problematic I'll just buy one of the biggest social media platforms of the universe kind of assholes is because he's allowed to be because of his cult of personality, because of all these people that follow him, that hang on his every word, that if he tweets six words about a particular piece of cryptocurrency, he, he can, can tank, it. tank or, yeah. or rocket, you know, the, speaking of rockets, yeah, going into outer space as a space tourist, all, I mean, it's just... The world is so fucking weird right now, and between COVID and billionaires and climate change and weird political shit that's going on, I just, I'm getting really bone-weary of living through historical events, but it feels irresponsible not to pay attention to all this shit. But, yeah, I mean, the cult of personality thing is definitely a big issue when it comes to somebody like Elon Musk, Uh, because the only reason he's allowed to do the things he's able to do and be just as weirdly mentally in the public as Kanye is is because people pay attention to him. If mm-hmm. he became the anti-Tinkerbell and people weren't clapping to keep his wings on, paying attention <laughs> to him, he would crumble into dust and blow away. He'd still be rich, but he wouldn't be able to affect giant chunks of the economy with a tweet. Yeah, it's 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 a really fine line because, you know, we, we, we've talked about wishing we could get off of social media at one point or another. Um, yep. But it is kind of vital for what we do, and, and I'm going to say it out loud. I mean, it's vital for me keeping in touch with uh, my yep. friends and family. I mean, it's a, it's a double-edged sword for sure because, like, at one, on the one hand, I'm like, I wish I could wipe my hands of it. I wish I could stop supporting it just the same in the same way that I wish I could stop supporting, like, Walmart or I wish Amazon. I could, Amazon or, you know. But I, I wish I could stop wanting a Big Mac every time I drive past McDonald's because I know yeah. it's not good for me and their shit to their employees. These things, they're, they're so ubiquitous. They become so ingrained in our daily lives that it's almost impossible to exist without them. And whether you're talking about McDonald's or Amazon or anything else, uh, celebrity kind of dovetails into that too. Because if you're alive, if you're a carbon-based life form in this you're time in this universe, yeah, you're bombarded with that shit 24-7. You open your phone and there it is, whether you want it to be there or not. And it's just one of those things that it's, it's impossible to escape. You can't extricate yourself. You can't divorce yourself from culture because culture surrounds us like, like oxygen. Right, and, and it's just... I guess it's another one of those open-ended questions because there's really no uh, solution in sight for any of no. us. Uh, we don't, no. We don't not. come to you we're talking about the cult of personality wondering what we can do about it because there ain't shit we can do about it, unfortunately. And if there was anything we could do about it, it probably wouldn't be two schlubs of the podcast. All we can no. do is remark on it. I mean, we, we are, we're a fandom-focused podcast. It's right there in the name. Every time you come to wherever you get your fine podcasts, like iHeartRadio or Stitcher or <laughs> Apple Podcasts or Very uh, subtle. You know, Audible, any of the fine places, yeah, Spotify. Any place you get your fine podcasts, you click on Fuel Your Fandom. Fandom is right there in the name of what we do. So it's, it's kind of a big part of, of our lives. Otherwise, we wouldn't have this podcast focusing on it. Right. You can't really get away from it, even the nasty parts. Even the, you know, We go and see Marvel movies, and they're great. We listen to albums of our favorite artists, and they're fantastic. We watch our favorite TV shows with our favorite actors and our favorite storylines, and that's great. But in order to get the, uh, the big, shiny Hollywood uh, passable parts into our faces, we kind of have to deal with shit like the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial. we got to deal with shit like Will Smith snapping and slapping Chris Rock at the Oscars. We have to deal with shit like Kanye West being out there 
doing things that would get most people at the ground level arrested or at least have a restraining order slapped on them. And that's just the price we have to pay. And again, it's not like it's a giant sacrifice for me personally. It's, these people, are, these are their lives and they're going through it. And I'm not going to sit here and bitch about, you know, first world white person problems of, oh, I have to deal with Kanye West being a dick in public. But it is an ugly part of the shiny part. It's the underbelly of, of, of celebrity, of pop culture, of entertainment, of fandom. And we would not be honest if we didn't like lift up the log once in a while and look at the bugs underneath and say, yeah, you know, we celebrate all the great things about fandom, but we also have to be pragmatic, honest, and upfront about all the things that are sort of problematic about it. And so, really, I mean, that's, that's, uh, it's not the focus of what we do. We try and keep things upbeat and positive around these parts, but it'd be disingenuous not to at least acknowledge that shit once in a while and say that's just kind of the the other side of the coin right and and so uh i don't know man it's just i'm so worn out from having to hear every every niggling detail of everyone's personal lives online i really feel like this is the kind of stuff that it should happen behind closed doors the public shouldn't have access to all the gory details of Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. The public shouldn't have access to uh, Kanye West's emotional breakdowns and and such like that, but we do. Uh, but we as human it? beings, we have that insatiable curiosity whether or not we want to be a part of that. Sometimes we do things against our will. Like, I'm not going to name any names, but <clears throat> there's a band that I am a fan of, and pretty recently their, uh, their singer had a pretty nasty divorce. Um... And it kind of got raked over the coals in certain aspects of the press. And uh, at one point, because I have an interest in this particular musical act, I did see a notification about it. I don't know, I'm not sure whether it was a, a, a Google notification or whether it turned up in my news feed or whatever. But because the algorithms know what I like, it popped this up. And it was an actual PDF of the divorce settlement. And Ooh, I, I didn't want to read it. I didn't want to read it, but I read it. And uh, it was pretty horrible. Um, just to kind of get a peek behind the curtain of what this person who I look up to as a person and a musician had to deal with in this messy divorce from their spouse. And I just was cringing the entire time, but I couldn't stop reading it. So I sit here and bitch about how, yeah, it's ugly and unnecessary and unfortunate that we lift up the log and all the bugs come scurrying out, but I'm just as much a part of the problem. And again, we've talked about that before, about having to go back and examine past problematic behavior and excise certain words from your language. Um, and just try and be a better version of yourself, but I'm not immune to it either. Occasionally I do also fall into these pitfalls of, uh, well, I'm going to participate actively in the uglier side of celebrity and pop culture and fandom, and as much as I wish I was a better person than that, sometimes I'm just not. I try to be, but we all have our mistakes, and that, again, just kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, where you and I are very lucky and that we're not necessarily public figures, because otherwise, you know, some of the shit that we said in the past or some of the attitudes we've expressed or some of the things we've done might come back to haunt us. The skeletons might fall out of the closet and people would look at us as being bad people, even if we're different now. Yeah. And, and I don't know. I wish there was some kind of answer. I I wish there was some kind of way we could just kind of blinders on and not see it. But just because we ignore it doesn't mean there's not millions of slobbering fanboys and girls out there just, tripping over themselves to read every single detail as much as it's a nugget of bumper sticker bullshit you know uh being the change you want to see in the world is kind of the best way to go continually course correcting and amending your own behavior so that you don't continue to be a part of the problem once you have the perspective and the distance to recognize that hey this is something i have been doing or that i used to do or that i have done that i really shouldn't do anymore and i'm going to try and be better going forward that seems to be the breaking point the tipping point between what you know again not that anybody here is a celebrity but the the popular culture and sort of like whether or not you want to like call it woke even though i hate that because it's taken on a real negative connotation from people using it as a pejorative if you can look at that as just trying to be a better person and trying to own up to your shortcomings and recognize them and stop doing them we had this saying in my family growing up uh that i've kind of carried into my adulthood i'm sorry means you don't do it anymore because if you apologize for something you keep it up you really weren't sorry. So being able to have the perspective to say, you know what, that was me then, this is me now, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that anymore, and then backing it up with action and just trying to go forward and be a better person, that seems to be kind of 
not just in a macrocosm of like personal relationships and family and friends and loved ones the way that it works but also in the larger sphere of the celebrity culture and and fandom just owning up to your fuck-ups and saying hey you know what that was a mess and i don't do that i'm not that person anymore i'm moving forward i'm growing um you know, if, if I can reinforce this and back it up with better behavior, I hope you'll give me a second chance and, and let me back into your good graces. Right, exactly. And Well, I mean, let us know uh, what you guys think about this this whole media circus, this, this cult of personality, this, this idea that we have to inundate every single lives uh, or every single moment of every single life of every single celebrity that's presented to us. We have to know everything. Uh, there's got it. What what is your thoughts on that? I mean, do you follow uh, any of these celebrities like this? Do you uh, avoid this kind of celebrity interaction in, in as much as it's almost unavoidable? Uh, let us know what you think uh, about this whole media thing. I don't know what to call it, but uh, let us know. Mess, dumpster fire, circus act, whatever it is. Dumpster fire. It's a that thing. sounds appropriate. Yeah. yeah. Well, hit, you can hit us out uh, in a couple of different ways. You can hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash feelyourfandom. You can send us an email at feelyourfandom at gmail.com. FYF Talent Booking at gmail.com is the backup email address. You can find us on Twitter at fuel underscore your and Instagram at, at fuelyourfandom. And of course, we're always taking donations to get comics into the hands of underprivileged kids at Venmo, Cash App, and PayPal. And at FuelYourFandom.com. And of course, as I whispered earlier, you can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms. On Stitcher, on Spotify, on iHeartRadio, on Audible. All the places you get your fine podcasts. And if you're impatient, you can always find the latest and greatest episode uploaded by my cohort, Saint, over at FuelYourFandom.Buzzsprout.com. And as always, however you get us into your ear holes, we are grateful that you do. Absolutely. And so, yeah, let us know uh, where you stand with all this. Are you following this with rapt attention? Are you trying to avoid it as much as you can? I mean, let us know how you... I guess that's a big question, but just kind of let us know how you interact with your celebrity. Uh, I I would be interested to know uh, maybe other coping mechanisms for this shit. Because I feel (laughs) like it's definitely kind of creating its own kind of mental health problems is... Just having all of this available to us, it's, I mean, and, and in certain aspects, it's like, oh, well, at least uh, I could see that I'm not, I'm not as fucked up as that. I've never literally shit the bed, but, you know. Or I'm fucked up and I can identify with that person a lot more closely because they're fucked up just like me. And what does that mean? Yeah, and so there's also that other side of it. It's like, do we watch that going, oh, well, if, if that person can get help, I can get help. Or if that person has this problem... Maybe I'm not alone. I mean, there's so many different ways to look at this, and it's so nuanced and terrible and deep and just, (laughs) ugh, gross. Well, let us know what you feel. Hit us up. Uh, We definitely want to talk to you. Uh, And and I think we'll come back next week with a bit more of an upbeat topic. This one kind of got dour and down, but uh, sometimes it's necessary when addressing uh, media at large. But uh, hit us up. We'll talk to you guys, and uh, as always, do remember that everything is fandom, and fandom is everything. Take care. Everyone, welcome to the shit show. Welcome to Background Noise, the podcast.